Welcome to the Faith for All podcast. This week, we will be listening to a sermon from Pastor Dana O'Brien's sermon series on welcoming others. We hope you enjoy this message and that it offers some meaning for you. I bet, I bet that every single congregation you have ever visited or been a part of considers itself welcoming, right? In fact, many have big signs outside or messages on their website that proclaim everyone is welcome. And that is sometimes true. Um, Maybe not as often as we would wish. But other times, you may discover, after you've been there for a while sometimes, that what is really meant is everyone like us is welcome, or almost everyone is welcome, or everyone is welcome to attend, but only certain people get to be leaders. Now, we all know that welcoming here is is really important here at Cross of Glory. Note that I am not saying that we do a great job of it, okay? Um, But it's definitely something that we have discerned that God is calling us to live out in this place. It It is who we are called to be, and we are always working to do a better job. And on our best days, on our very, very best days, we may have it. But those are few and far between, as as it is with all of us. But because welcoming is so important here, we're going to spend the next four weeks on welcoming. And I told my mom um, that I was going to, she asks me, whenever she talks to me, she asks me, so what are you doing at church? And I said, well, we just finished a thing on Jonah, and we're going to have a sermon series on welcoming, four weeks. And she goes, what the heck are you going to talk about for four weeks? And, And I assured her that we'll find plenty of stuff to talk about. But anyway. We're going to spend the next four weeks talking about welcoming. Next week, we're going to talk about how Jesus welcomed and how Jesus' welcome is the model for our own welcome. And then we're going to focus on some practical ways that we can welcome wherever we are. And finally, I'm going to challenge us to all take it up a notch and become a radically welcoming church. And it's going to take us four weeks to do that. So, but today, today we're going to start with looking at our welcome statement, which is out there on the wall over the the doors, and hopefully it's something that we all see when we come in here, um, and how that is integrally connected to our welcome of our LGBTQIA plus, pretty good, um, siblings. And it turns out that today is a great day to do that because, as we mentioned, the last Sunday in January just happens to be Reconciling in Christ Sunday. And for those of you who may not be aware of what that is. Sometimes we just throw it around, but the term Reconciling in Christ, or RIC for short, congregation, is a Lutheran congregation, probably an ELCA congregation, that very intentionally commits to welcome and support people of all sexual orientations, gender identities, and gender expression. So, we're going to start out, and I'm going to have you stand for this, because for some reason standing makes it more formal than than sitting. So please stand up and we're going to welcome, we're going to read our, recite our welcome statement together, okay? So, there is no longer Jew nor Greek, there is no longer slave nor free, there is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And that's Galatians 3.28 and there's the welcome statement. We recognize the importance of worshiping with a diverse group of people of any color, age, creed, ethnicity, physical and mental abilities, addiction, legal records, economic status, station in life, life circumstances, marital, family status, heterosexual, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender people, 
their parents and their families. We welcome into full participation in the church life, ministry of the congregation, sacraments and rites of this church. We are all one in God's eyes and everyone has a place in the family of God. It is with love and celebration that we affirm this position. All right, you can now, you can sit down again. So just pause for a minute. Just, just, just let that settle for a minute. You guys, that's really powerful, really powerful language. Did you, did you hear yourselves that last, second last sentence? We are all one in God's eyes. Everyone has a place in the family of God. Everyone, everyone, okay? Just think about what that means. On the one hand, it's really, really comforting because it means that you, each of you, have a place in God's family. You made it. Not, of course, because of anything we did, but because of the God that loves us all. On the other hand, it's also a very challenging statement because not only are you included in God's family, but everyone else is included in God's family as well, even those people that we may not prefer to include, right? And we're going to come back to that again and again and again over these next weeks because the it's easy to welcome. We all have people that we have no trouble welcoming, and we all have people that we have lots of trouble welcoming. And so a truly welcoming congregation welcomes all of them just the same. And so that's, and that's where we're going to be going time and time again here, okay? But right now, I want to share the story of how we got that welcome statement that we all recited, okay? And it's a, it's a story I know that some of you have heard before because I tell it every couple of years because I think it's just the coolest story ever. And of course, some of you were here for some or all of those periods of time, and so you know it a lot better than me, but don't jump up and correct me, okay? Just correct me later on, um, and we'll do it in private, okay? Um, but there are, as I said, there are some stories that are, that are so formative, so, so formative that they need to be told again and again, both to the people who were involved in them originally and to, to, and to others and newcomers. So we are continually reminded of who we are, right? Continually reminded of who we are so that we know how to move forward in this world, how God forms us and forms our very identity every day with the experiences that, that we've gone through, okay? We all have our own stories, and this is our, our cumulative, one of our cumulative stories. Now, I would love to tell you that from the very get-go, this congregation's emphasis on welcoming all came from a, a really deeply held biblical calling. But that wouldn't be exactly right. In fact, that wouldn't be even close to right. Because like so many times in each of our lives, God was so way ahead of us on this one, right? And I bet you've all had experiences where you're kind of just stumbling around in the dark and God knows exactly where you need to go. And God is going to lead you there. And that's exactly what happened. God knew where this congregation was going to go long before we did. And God led us right where God wanted us to go. Okay? So way back in the mid-90s, the congregation was trying to reach out into the community. And as often the case here at Cross of Glory, money was tight, right? So when the leaders got a real bargain on some discounted synod marketing materials, you know, door hangers and leaflets and that kind of stuff, um, they jumped at it. And so they got all this extra stuff. And it just so happened that all these marketing materials had the phrase, the welcome place. They looked a lot like, like that picture in the thing. The welcome place was all over them. Um, and so the congregation had all the stuff that they were handing out. So the congregation had to start advertising itself as the welcome place, which was, of course, also the name of the preschool that we had here for 20 years. And so they told people that we're the welcome place. And yes, everyone is welcome here because 
because that's what the, the leaflet said. So you can guess what happened, right? Over time, all sorts of different people, some of them LGBTQIA plus folks, actually believed those marketing materials, and they started showing up, right? Now that resulted in some internal pushback, and the congregation was, the congregation was forced to think really hard about what they had gotten themselves into, or maybe more appropriately, what God had gotten them into, and what the phrase, everyone is welcome, actually meant. But when push came to shove, the congregation decided that welcome means welcome, and everyone means everyone. So they adopted the phrase, everyone is welcome, as their second guiding principle, and if you're at home now, you see me pointing sort of in a vague direction outside into the welcome room on the east wall where our five guiding principles are, and they're also up there, and you see them a couple times every worship service. And everyone is welcome follows right behind Jesus is Lord. But those of you who are here might remember that embracing this broad sense of welcome, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. There were, there were some heated debates, and some people left over it, which is what happened when you have heated debates. Now, I'm going to jump ahead now, but suffice it to say that over the next 12 to 15 years, the congregation continued to wrestle at, at times with what it meant to welcome everybody. There were little bouts of, of, you know, what does this mean? And all of that came to a head in 2011-2012 as the congregation discerned God's call to officially become a Reconciling in Christ congregation, which it did on September 23, 2012. So we've just been a Reconciling in Christ congregation for just over 10 years. As part of that process, the welcome statement that we just recited was adopted. And from its inception, I hope you heard this as you were, as you were saying it, from its inception, it was intended to be broadly inclusive, okay? It's a powerful reminder of the big, big God that we say we follow. But, and we've talked about this before, that decision too was not without cost. I wasn't here then, but I'm told that it wasn't an easy process. It was contentious. Not everyone agreed with the outcome. And, and this is actually my favorite part. It probably isn't the favorite part for people who were there, but at, at some point in the process, in February of 20, uh, 2012, so like they were into it about a year and had another six months to go, um, the pastor was called, took a call to another congregation, okay? And it, the pastor's departure was not at all related to the RIC process, but it really complicated things. Um, and here's the really cool part. I'll bet that in many, in fact, most cases, other congregations in this position without a call pastor would have waited until a new pastor arrived before they took any formal action. But again, God led, and you people followed, okay? You took a risk trusting that this was what God was calling you to do. And, and you guys, it was a risk. It was a risk because, because a number of people, including some, some significant givers, left because of it, right? But becoming an RIC congregation was then and remains now the right decision. It was the right decision. God calls us to be. Um, it's what God calls us to be, and this congregation as a whole has been enormously blessed because of it. Now, so then jump ahead to a couple more years. When I got here in 2016, I thought it was enough to be an RIC congregation, to have it on our bulletins, to have this nice welcome statement over the door. I thought that was welcoming, right? It seemed like it was welcoming to me. But God kept leading and prompting and nudging us to recognize that we are called to live out that welcome statement, not just in this building, but in the community as well. So once again, once again we followed, not maybe as quickly as God might have wished, but, but we followed. And so um, 
five years ago, we started flying a pride flag. And you know, that's a, such a no-brainer, such a simple thing, but it has probably given us more uh, attention and publicity than anything else that we've done here. Um, and, it, and it tells people, everybody driving by, who we are. And sometimes the people are too thrilled to find out that's who we are, and sometimes people are enormously comforted by knowing that there's a place in this community that affirms and welcomes them. So we started flying the pride flag, and then we started participating in local events, Mokina, Bolingbrook, Joliet, and I joined other members of the congregation who had been for years marching in the Chicago Pride Parade, which you guys has got to be one of the coolest events ever in the entire world. So if you have an opportunity, join us uh, this June. So, and then we were blessed by the start of a PFLAG chapter, which Michelle and some, some friends started back in 2018, 2019? So 2019, so it was started in 2019, and uh, we have the privilege to co-host some events, like the Pride event that's now held annually in June. And so if you're not familiar with Pride PFLAG and you are here in the space, go check out the table after worship or come Tuesday night at 6.30 for their monthly meeting where the guardian angels are going to be speaking. And if you're not familiar with PFLAG and you're um, online or at home, um, Google them or check them out. Check out their Facebook page on, um, on, on online or give Michelle a call and she will be happy to tell you more about it. But here's what we know, you guys. Welcoming remains a journey, right? Sometimes we're better at it than other times, but always, always we are called to be a church that lives out God's inclusive love and welcome both in this place and wherever we are in the world. Now, certainly I am very aware that our welcome statement encompasses more than just sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression. And we're going to, again, we're going to talk about the, the, ex, the inclusivity of our welcome statement over and over and over again. Um, over these next couple weeks, but I'm also aware that our LGBTQIA plus siblings have had to deal with some really, some really, really nasty and hurtful comments from churches and people who call themselves Christians. So on this Reconciling in Christ Sunday, let me finish off by saying a couple of things, and these are just reminders of the reality of a God who loves us all, a God who loves us all. So first, to our LGBTQIA plus siblings. I've said this before, and I think I say it frequently, but it's, this is something that needs to be said repeatedly, and it's something that you need to hear from church leaders, okay? You are loved. You are loved beyond measure, just as you are, just as you are, by the God who created you, right? You are precious and valued by God, you are precious and valued by the many people in this church and in your family who want to welcome you and support you and affirm you and your many, many, many gifts. I am so sorry for how you may have been mistreated by those who call themselves Christians, by those who fly the banner of welcome and, and say that they are God's church, but it does not reflect the God of love that I know and that we know in this place. I can promise you that this is a safe place, that we will do our best to walk with you, to learn from you, and to be your allies. We won't always get it right, and you will have to extend us grace on numerous occasions, but we will try. Those of us here at Cross of Glory are so thankful for the presence, good grief, I've done this before, <laughs> of our LGBTQIA plus siblings among us. And this, is, this is really heartfelt. 
We have benefited from your many gifts, from your leadership skills, from your profound faith that often comes from being tested and challenged in ways so many of the rest of us will never experience. And that is so true. Second, good grief. <laughs> Second, okay, hang on. All right. Second, to those of us straight cisgendered folks, this is a journey of welcome for many of us as well, okay? Especially for those of us like me who were taught something very, very different from what I now believe. And while not everyone understands scripture in the same way we do, and we've talked about this plenty of times in lots of other contexts, we, here in this place, in the ELC as a whole, we always start with the God of love and grace and welcome. The God that we see reflected in Jesus Christ on the cross, you guys, right? That God creates all people in God's image, and that God has its two most important commandments, love God and love your neighbors yourself. You guys, that's our theology, and that's who we are, and that's what governs how we treat everybody who enters this space and everybody that we encounter out in the world, finally, to all of us. That welcome statement we recited is comforting. It is comforting, but as I will continually emphasize, it is also a challenging call to live as people who welcome others just as God welcomes us. We say it every week, just we welcome just as God welcomes us. It is intentionally expansive. So yes, it calls us to welcome people of all sexual orientations, gender identities, and gender expressions, but it also calls us to welcome into full participation of this church people of all races, ethnicities, colors, ages, legal records, economic and marital statuses, everyone. You guys, it calls us to welcome the people that we don't want to welcome, okay? The intent is to negate divisions of every kind so that everyone can see themselves as described somewhere in that welcome statement. And I hope you can all see that. I see myself all over the place there. That's the key. For there is no longer Jew nor Greek. There is no longer slave nor free. There is no longer male or female. All of us are one in Christ Jesus. That's the key. And as we look over these next few weeks, that certainly means welcoming people into this place, providing safe space here where everyone is affirmed and accepted. That's the minimum, you guys, where everyone feels God's, God's love, especially those who find themselves not welcomed elsewhere. But the call is bigger than simply being a safe place in here, okay? We are called to be allies of all those people who are treated as something less than and to work for God's justice out there as well. And it's really hard sometimes to work out there in our communities, in our nations, wherever we find ourselves. And here's the thing. I end with the gospel. When we really live out that welcome statement, when we, when we welcome all people like Jesus welcomes us, then we, then we are the ones who are blessed. We are the ones who are graced by the amazing diversity that God has created, right? By the love we experience from others, right? By the, by the changes that God makes in our world and the changes that God makes in each of us. Together, you guys, together, we are so much more like the church that God envisions us to be, the church of all of God's people. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message and it has meaning for your life. Come back next week for the next part of this series. Faith for All was created by Cross of Glory Church. 
If you would like more information on Cross of Glory, please visit our webpage at crossofglory.com, where you can learn more about the church, see our upcoming events, and watch previous services and sermons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Everyone, and we do mean everyone, is welcome to join us at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning for worship on our website, Facebook, YouTube, or in person at 14719 West 163rd Street, Homer Glen, Illinois. Faith for All is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Todd Mazera created our original music, Jeff Wanderson handled the production duties, and I'm Andrew Morin. Thank you for joining us.